Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We are live at Surprise Stadium for Texas Rangers Spring Training, home of the defending world champions. And right now, we bring to you third baseman for the defending world champion Texas Rangers. Ladies and gentlemen, on the Blue Chew hot seat, it is Josh Young. Howdy, sir. What's up? How are you? We're doing good, man. Well, except for our awkward sitting situation, this is a small booth. Mike and I are like crotch to crotch here okay. kind of staring at each other it. it feels uncomfortable it looks a little uncomfortable but we'll make it work we're oh, in a small if little you room. had a teammate that you had to sit this close to for four hours who would that teammate be i'm going seager yeah i mean we stand pretty close to each other on the left side that this would just be right up both of our alleys so, would he probably not want to chat a whole lot either <laughs> no, just we like... just have a staring competition for however long <laughs> we had to be there I'm, I'm wearing the Hurtado's hat. Yep. I know that you've got to meet uh, Brandon Hurtado. I know that you've uh, enjoyed their barbecue. Uh, has he taught you anything? Are you learning anything from Brandon Hurtado? We're actually coming out with a little, like, mini, two little mini recipe things that we did together. I went over there on an off day, or I guess sometime this off season. Uh, we did a little special, so that's coming out here pretty soon. But, but yeah, he's taught me a lot. Um, we- and it's pretty cool to learn from them. When you were growing up in San Antonio, did you have a favorite barbecue place there? Favorite? No. we just pick up random stuff. Rudy's. There's a Smoky Mo's around the corner. Just kind of whatever was on the way. We'd have one day a week where we got some type of barbecue. Um, I, know, yeah. I know probably not because you're a finely tuned professional athlete. But <laughs> did you ever eat the giant Rice Krispie treat from Rudy's? Honestly, I don't think I've had that one from Rudy's. Uh-uh. It looks like if you hit someone in the back of the head, they would go down. It really? It looks like a brick? Ridic- yes, it is. It's not bad. <laughs> I've not had it. I don't know if I sold that well for you, but it's not bad at all. <laughs> how's, uh, how's, how's it going right now in the like defending title portion of it? You do, uh, a lot of the mindset is we can't going to get rid of that season and move on? or 1,000%. That's the main goal, I think, for everybody. Um, last year was great. We accomplished a lot of things um but the biggest thing we did was was we changed the culture we changed the expectation and so coming in here it's turned the page and let's go it's a new season i mean you've never played a major league baseball season without being the world champs in your career so far that's true um 
Let's just do it again. Yeah. One for one. I mean, if we stay batting 1,000, that'd be pretty good. See, because I hear what you're saying, and we got to move on, but we have all lived in the Metroplex our entire life, and so I have definitely been lingering on this for a really long time. I think I might have had just as much fun as anybody at the parade that we got to broadcast from. We, we, tr we almost cut Jerry Jones so we could just talk parade stuff. Not like physically, yeah. like yeah, out of yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, like cut him from the show. But instead, when he called in, we pretty much just asked him all Texas Rangers questions. That. And that was literally the only non-Rangers-only parade segment we had the entire show. That's pretty cool. Did you grow up in San Antonio? Did did you grow up a big football fan? And, and what team did you follow? Was it the Cowboys? See, I've never really liked teams. I've always been like a players guy okay. in all sports, so I just follow players. Um, and I was a quarterback growing up, so I followed quarterbacks around. Drew Brees was one of my favorites, Tom Brady. Uh, and now, obviously, Pat Mahomes is, went to the same college, and he's doing what he's doing. Have you got to meet him before? I've met him a couple times. Uh, I wouldn't say we have a great relationship by any means. Yeah. It's more of an impassing thing, but um, it's pretty cool to watch what he's doing, especially for the university. Um, for Texas Tech. Um, I mean, we've got the last three big titles, I guess, one baseball and the last two football, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good point. When it comes to third baseman, I think during the playoffs they mentioned you and Brooks Robinson. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, maybe who are the three third basemen that you have loved to follow or current third basemen uh, that you follow? Oh, brother. I mean, I watch everybody because um, I feel like success leaves clues. That's my biggest thing. So watching Arenado, he's got all the gold gloves, all the platinum gloves. So you watch what he does on defense. Chapman was doing it in the AL for a long time, still is. Um, so you watch guys like that, and you try to implement little things into your game. Obviously, I'm not those guys. My body isn't like theirs, but trying to pick up little things that they do, uh, whether it's first step, um, how they get in their ready position, all that kind of stuff. You look at it, you try to implement it into your game. Um, I mean, we even got one down south in Bregman that's pretty good picking the ball over there, too. So just watching them, especially when you, when you play against them. What are they doing between innings? How are they doing their routines? All that kind of stuff. You just try to pick up on little things. But all time, yeah, it's Brooks. I mean, he's got, what, 16, 17 gold gloves? That's pretty cool. You talked about the gold gloves. I'm really curious. I've always been fascinated by the platinum glove because you hear people say, oh, they got this many gold gloves. To win a platinum glove, that feels like that would be amazing. I mean, yeah, you there's, what, two gold glove winners per position, and you're the ultimate guy that year? That's, that's a pretty high honor. What do you think about Corey's philosophy? Sorry that Major League Baseball is soft by giving out awards to both leagues instead of just combining <laughs> the entire sport like the NFL. The real league. More, it gives us more chance. It gives us more chance <laughs> to win. soft. Sounds um, a little soft. Hey, I'm taking it. <laughs> okay, fair. I, uh, I, this has got to be killing you not being out there because I think we interviewed you whenever you had first gotten here, and everything we heard was this dude loves to work. He's the first one out there, last one to leave. And then we saw that work pay off. I mean, like, you were amazing last year over there. So this has got to be really tough kind of sitting on the sidelines watching everything happen. Right <laughs> it's <now>. always <laughs> tough. But if I'm going to get my one out of the way for the year, I'm really glad it's right now. <laughs> yes. yes. Sure. Did you make sure to take the elevator up and not the stairs? We did take the elevator today. I nice. mean, I can walk up the stairs. I'm good to do that now. But, yeah, we did take the elevator. A little stress. I've been little asked, I've been asking this to, to pretty much everybody because – We've never quite seen a manager like Bruce Bochy, like in, in the, the success y'all had last year immediately. And Kevin can like kind of looks at him as like Yoda. Uh, I look at him as your neighbor who just knows how to fix everything and always has great advice. What's your like feeling on, on what, how his management style and, and how he uh, came in here and fixed the Rangers and made them champions in one year? 
I mean, he just let us play, and that's the biggest thing. He just lets you play. He instills that confidence in you. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you look at him, and he's he's got the pedigree. He's got the resume right, but he just lets you play. And even when people were struggling to line up until the, until the very end of the season, it didn't change at all, really. Um, and that's what you just look at, and you're like, wow, he instills that confidence in you because he's like, you know what, you're over 30. Screw it. You're still back in the five-hole playing third base. Like, I don't care. You're going to figure it out. Um, and I think that's why you saw our success early, especially when we had some injuries um, early on in the season. The lineup really didn't change that much. The guys would step in, play their role, and we were just rolling. This can be an hour answer, and I know we don't have this time, but I talk about the generalities of being a pitcher and you guys shrinking the strike zone on me, or I can expand the strike zone on you somewhat based off of the count. But what are you thinking early on in the count, an 0-0 count, a 1-0 count, an 0-1 count? What are kind of maybe your thoughts when you get into that batter's box early on in the, in the count? I can't give all my secrets away. Mm. That's a good point. Uh, can't give them all away. But, um, but, I mean, when I'm stepping in, it depends on, it depends on who we're facing. That's, that's truly it. And then the situ- for me, the situation dictates a bunch. Um, I've got some power, but that's not the main part of my game. So it's – how can I move runners? How can I do all that kind of stuff? And I want to do that by hitting the ball in the gap, truly. Um, I'm not going to go up there and bunt somebody over or, you know, I don't hit backside a bunch. But it's it's really stepping into the box and you just kind of analyze it all. Um, so wherever I'm at, usually five, six, seven hole, I'm trying to turn the lineup over, and that's my main goal. So how do I do that? just depends on what the situation is. So depending on who's on the mound, depending on what's going on in the game, where we're at. I mean, if guys are going up there swinging at the first pitch, you know, I'm going to take one. Uh, or take to like a strike or something like that. But it, it, it's, a, it's a full team approach. So like just for me individually, it's just taking what the first guys ahead of me do and try to try to keep that rolling because if that's working for them and we just keep doing it, it's a relentless approach and pitchers have a hard time with that. Did you notice a difference on how you got pitched maybe the second half of the season as from my perspective, if I was facing you the first time, I'm going to maybe go more with my strengths and then work off of see what you do off of me did you notice anything different as you faced a guy a second or a third time in your career? Still trying to get there, truly. Because yeah. um, I'll go into a game and say, like, hey, I've got two at-bats off this guy. Um, but, yeah, I, we always kind of say we have a copycat league. So, like, if one team has success doing something against you, the next team's probably going to do the same thing. Um, and that's where you got to make adjustments and you start playing that cat-and-mouse game, playing chess, trying to, you know, do all the different things. And it can get complicated quickly. But, um Truly, it's it's going up there and just trying to take the take the information that he's giving you. Like you're facing five silver sluggers ahead of me for the most part. Like if how you're going to pitch them is probably how you're going to pitch me. Um, and just adding that depth to the lineup because one through nine, I feel like especially during the postseason, the the approach we had was was incredible. Um, I mean, we were really giving it a hard time for that pitcher to do anything until Gallon kind of, even when Gallon was perfect aiming us there, it was just insane how our approach didn't change. We were still doing the exact same thing, and it felt like we were applying all that pressure. So, I mean, it's just, it's a day-to-day thing. Depends on what the pitcher's got, how he's throwing, what he's throwing, and you just kind of go from there. Yeah, I was looking at that last game when you guys win it all, and my father pitched in the major leagues, and he called me up and goes, man, it just feels like we're losing this game. And I said, yeah, but it's zero to zero. Arizona has had five opportunities in five innings to score, and they have not scored. If the Rangers can break through and score a run or two, 
that is going to demoralize that Arizona dugout that they've had all these opportunities and Evaldi See, was See, I felt to. like we were winning. Truly, it felt like we were winning. Um, I mean, we were getting perfect games, but at the same time, like Evo had all those opportunities, and he had the Houdini act where he was just like, I'm out of it. It felt like we were winning <laughs> be because fun. that was demoralizing for them. First inning, no run. Second inning, no run. Third inning, no run. He's out of all of them. That's demoralizing for an offense. Because you're like, man, we can't break through. Those guys can't even get a hit today, and we can't even score. Um, so that's what's demoralizing. And then, obviously, late in the game, we broke through with the Garver single, and then we ended up putting a couple more in the ninth, and that's what really kind of sealed it. But, but yeah, I felt like we were winning the whole game. Since we are in Arizona, is it rude that I may or may not have seen people wearing Diamondback hats, and I would be like, hey, did, did you guys win that <laughs> World Series? Or? That is kind of rude. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is kind of tough. Right. Yeah, they were nice. They, because, the hey, they won the pennant. Yeah. They won the their same pennant. people did to us in 2011. I'm still bitter about that, hey, but I guess I should let whatever it Whatever works. I'll, I'll you say can it. let it go now. Yeah, that's Monkeys true. off your back. You're I'll good. say it for Josh. It's not like they're the Astros, dude. Like, dude, come on, man. Like, they were nice. They were okay. It's, they're, not, they're not that team. <laughs> How well do you know Davis Wenzel? Because we got a chance to talk with him this morning, and obviously there are reasons that people would link you guys together. I'm curious. We are we are linked together in ways many people don't know. Okay, care to? We were co Big Twelve Big Twelve Players of the Year. Yep. Okay, so that's how we're linked. We were the first two picks by the Rangers yep. in 19. Um, obviously, we both played the Big Twelve. Uh, we both played college in Texas. I mean, there's a lot of things, but yeah, we're really close. We're good buddies. Do you? look at the progress or I, I, I don't know because I, we're all happy for you but at the same time you guys would theoretically be on a parallel path but that's not quite where you are do you guys talk about that or you're really close and you're like no we talk about just other stuff not necessarily baseball stuff we talk about everything um but yeah I mean coming through the minor leagues we were just praying to play together truly because we loved playing on the left side together um and it would never fail. One of us would get hurt. And then, as soon as that one person came back, the other person would get hurt. And we were always just like, dang it, bro. We can't figure this out. Um, but when it comes to that, too, like, we, we're super close. When it comes to all that stuff, we just bounce ideas off each other. We're, like, legit best friends. So the competition aspect of it when we step on the field is we want to be um, as competitive as possible. But as soon as, like, we step off, I mean, even when we're in practice, we're having a great time. We know that every rep is competitive, but at the same time, it's like, that's my best friend, too. I think right now his interview was a little bit better. So Love him. Oh, wow. You need Good to for compete him. for that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, Mike uh, pointed out the other day, he's like, not many people have uh, are forced to talk to each other for 20 hours a week like we are uh, and and don't fight <laughs> oh. that often. Yet we don't fight that often. We're, we have a pretty good family-type relationship and you guys are in, like, y'all are in life together. Uh, you, like, I think I saw Nate Evaldi was like, just like everybody else, we spend more time with each other than we do with families a lot of times because we're traveling and all that. Right. And that's, that's got to be, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing that you can't define, but somehow just works out, it feels like. Yeah, and that's where the chemistry in the locker room means everything. Because you can have the best players in the world, but if they don't gel in the locker room, it's probably not going to work out at the end of the day. You'll win games, but it's just not going to work. And that's where I think last year was where we took a bunch of strides, truly, as an organization, was that clubhouse was inseparable. Uh, it didn't matter what we were going through. We were all together. We were all each other's corner. Uh, we were all rooting for each other. And, I, I mean, you hear all the stories about how we played cards all year and how that was kind of like our thing down the stretch, and that's – I mean, that's that's truly the clubhouse vibe we had is what helped us win. Now, we saw you at the Dallas Card Show, a lot of people in line to get your autographs. But after you were done, you went into the show and we yeah. saw you ripping packs. <laughs> so are you how big of a collector are you in uh, the card world? 
I love it. I love it. I like collecting myself. That's probably my, my PC is pretty much all myself, but I also love to rip wax and just and get some cases and rip them open and I love it. I got to figure out what to do with all these cards because I probably have way too many just sitting in my closet that I could, you know, it could it could help my investment on my own cards if I <laughs> turned them around. But but I love I love cards. It's been a big part of my life. Um, my dad's got a big collection of Brooklyn Dodgers stuff, and he kind of started awesome. it. And like if we got all A's in school and didn't get in trouble or anything, it was like okay on Saturday we went to Toys R Us and we'd get like. Uh, this it was a random box that just had all kinds of cards in it. And, yes, and that was like the thing. And then if we were really lucky, we'd go to the card shop and I'd go pick out my favorite players, A Rod. I'd try to go find all the A Rod cards I could and Do have fun that way. Are you collecting your brother? Or are you leaving that to your brother? I have a couple of his cards. I have a couple. I'm waiting to see if they actually come out with stuff of both of us. They actually came out with one card. It's called the Family Tree card. There's a couple of them. Like um, the Seegers, I'm assuming. Seegers aren't on this one. It's like. Matt and Jackson, Holiday. Okay. okay. Um, it's the Joneses, uh, and then us. And there's a couple others, but it's pretty cool. But there's one, and I got a couple of them off eBay. It was pretty cool. You should ask this fella how much he spent on Evan Carter cards this uh -oh. year. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> You're running it up. Yeah. My there's, eBay's there's going crazy too. There. So there's a comma in there. Uh -oh. if that, if is that, that a good? Is that all. a good investment? You think? I mean, did you see him play last year? <laughs> uh, yesterday, he went 400 feet on John Gray. Oh, wow. Uh, third pitch. Or no, it was a 2-1 count. And I was like, it's interesting because he's long, right? He doesn't look like a power guy. His body doesn't look like a power guy. But then I see that at 21 years old, I'm like, dude, that's over 400 feet in the that's gap right there. And it was it was kind of like Raphael Palmero smooth, too. It wasn't like, a, like oh, I'm going after it. It was just like a smooth swing, got off he's the bat. He's a very gifted hitter. And... He helps us out a bunch. Yeah. Can't wait to see him do it again. Don't worry. When we talk to Evan Carter, we'll ask him questions about you as well. Mm -hmm. so yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank, yeah. thank you very much, Josh. <laughs> I appreciate it. I also appreciate you signing the two baseballs that we'll have going up for our auction in November. Thank you very yep. much. Good no sir. problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Young right here on your home at the Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, how the Rangers and Major League Baseball as a whole, they're dealing with the pitch clock change for 2024. We'll talk about it next, live from Surprise on 105 Through the Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. We're live at Surprise for Texas Rangers spring training. Really appreciate Josh Young hopping on with us. He actually hung out for a little bit longer, and we just talked cards in the break. And so he is very much a collector, and I appreciate that. I want to go ahead. And don't forget later on at the G-Bag Nation, Josh Smith, Travis Jankowski yep. hopping on with those fellows as well. And so perhaps more. This is, uh, this is what I've, I've been trying to tell everybody, man. This is... 
baseball coverage that you cannot get anywhere else in DFW with insight that you can't get anywhere else in DFW as well. So it's been that that dude was so much fun to talk to. He really let's was. look forward here and have a have a have an absolute blast. Now there is another baseball topic I want to talk with you guys about, but first I wanted to see what you think about listening to a nonsensical bit of football audio. Okay, and it's re- it is fun. So yes, you're let's re- do it. Okay, you're very aware well aware of the new heights podcast with the kelsey brothers yes i am this is them talking with chris jones or i guess rather chris jones giving his insight into how to stand out at the combine going into the 40-yard dash let's talk about it big guy how'd that 40-yard dash go for you i'm gonna be honest with you bro i was so big on being different from everyone everybody was wearing the long tights i was like you know what i am not going out there and copying everybody i'm gonna wear the short tights i didn't realize they was boxes bro. <laughs> oh my gosh well it made you faster man and <laughs> and he made it kind of sound like maybe it wasn't as uh covering the whole time is, is, as one didn't would hope. didn't recently a, a runner one of the guys one of the linemen his like his stuff fell, fell out, out. like it all like just fell out four in the middle years ago of... i think he got like carpet burn on it too because he fell down <laughs> oh no oh my gosh oh man carpet burn all right so there <laughs> jeez Stop it. Stop it. I did have a question. That injury report brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. That's right. That that is not the injury report Uh, I would have expected, uh, but you're right. Men's Tea Clinic bringing you that injury report, whether they like it or not. Two things I will say about the Kelsey's podcast is uh, is they're they're naturals at doing that. Like they they have a very natural charisma about them. They're. Even you just hear Travis, he's like, hey, big man, tell me about this. Yeah. You know, he's just very casual. And he's, you know, they're all friends and everything, and that's a that's positive too. But the other question I had about this was, Kevin, surprise stadium where we are right now. Every year for Rangers games at least, they have a very specific playlist for their music. Right. And Kansas City, who took on a new fan this year in their Chiefs fandom, I don't know. Do they have a new player in their rotation for music? Have y'all noticed any more Taylor Swift uh, floating in and out of the music here? I can't say I've paid close enough attention. Have you noticed? I I have not. I feel like they have changed. We haven't had the Rangers here yet while we've been here. But I do know they play the Eddie Murphy song, Party All the Time, Mm -hmm. every time I've been here for a decade. (laughs) I don't know if that's part of the rotation anymore. But we'll see tomorrow. It is not played during – we are here before the Royals game. They did not play that song, so maybe they've changed the mix, but maybe that's only for the the Royals. I'm assuming, though, it's changed also for the Rangers. This place is going to be packed tomorrow for the Rangers, Dodgers. Like, I'm just looking right now, the Royals fans, it's like – Especially with the Dodgers. Yeah, it's light, and tomorrow's going to be very busy. The tough thing is right now there's no spring break yet. We're still in February, so you're looking more for the locals – to be here or the retired people that are from Dallas or LA or today Denver or Kansas City is that's who you're looking for now for spring training games because once you get into about March 5th through about March 20th that's when the crowds are outstanding for a Rangers organization. It was Chris Jones. I know that's what I told you guys. (laughs) And he fell and got as Mike said the burn. It happened right? Yes. And all he could do was let it burn. Turf burn. (laughs) All right. That reminds me, I need to do my confession. 
What? Usher. How does turf this burn remind confession. you to do your confession? Well, because he said, let it burn. Let That's it burn. Usher. Usher. Then oh. the confession song by Usher, and I need to do a Best Buy Windows inciting confession after the show today. Okay. We got this, man. All right. In the meantime. I'll do two Our Fathers and five Hail Marys. I would be really fascinated to see how the fans and the advertiser would react to that if you were like... What is the song? <laughs> doing. No, I was going to say doing confessionals. <laughs> oh, just doing not a real singing, confession? Not like singing a... Usher. It's been 17 days since I've been to confession. All right. You guys really? ready to talk about the pitch clock? Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. You just threw that one out there. I didn't know you wanted to respond to that comment. No, I do not need you to respond to the confessional comment. So you don't want us to respond to things that you say. Yeah, I won't respond so. to this comment either, I yeah. guess. Alright, here we go. We'll take your advice here, Kevin. Alright, let's <laughs> open back up the response window. <laughs> with <laughs> Windows Best Buy. Yes, that's with Best Buy window <laughs> and siding. Windows and siding is... So they're dropping the pitch clock from 20 seconds to 18 seconds when they're runners on base. Now, I want to start with this, and I want to go to you, if I can, Mike. In my head, and I'm sure for a lot of people, they're like, it's two seconds. Mm. Who cares? But let's be honest. How big can two seconds be for somebody out on the mound? Huge. Think about Araldis Chapman. He struggled last year with runners on base and yeah. getting the – how many times did he just have to rush and hurry up because he would catch the ball from the catcher, getting the ball back, and it seemed like he took his time getting back to the rubber and – that clock's already moving. It doesn't start like when you're ready for it to start. It starts pretty much after whoever's running the clock is saying, all right, he's got the ball back. The ball is now in his hand. I am starting the clock. And so I think for certain pitchers, it will be very difficult. But I do think for this, for the younger pitchers, this isn't really difficult. They've played their whole professional career now with a clock, whether it's A ball, double A, triple A. Yeah. They've been doing this for years now. So when Jack Leiter makes it to the major leagues or uh, a guy who probably will make, the, I won't say probably a guy who has a good chance to make the team out of spring Antoine Kelly. Yep. He's been dealing with the clock, his whole minor league career. So it's not going to be an issue. I do think for people like Max Scherzer, it is an issue. They, they do not like this at all. Obviously they've pitched the majority of their career right. without a clock. So they're not pumped about it. But I did watch this. I remember getting to sit first row, game five of the ALCS. The pitchers are looking at the clock. Now, they're not looking at the clock so much when there's a runner on base. They can't take their eyes too much off of the runner on base and stuff like that. But they're actually using the clock and going, I don't have to start my motion for five more seconds. I can just hold here and wait because the hitter doesn't want to use their one timeout right. either. So the, the pitchers, I feel like, have – use the clock to a little bit of their advantage with nobody on base with a runner on base. I don't think it's going to matter that much because the, the pitchers seem to most pitchers got used to the clock with a runner on base and, and getting the ball, uh, getting rid of the ball and making sure the ball was in play. Let's say Kevin, it's a uh, 110 pitches. It's about three and a half minutes uh, of a starting pitchers game. If they throw 110 pitches there, right? Two seconds off. Oh, oh, okay. Be about I, I got three what you're and a half saying. minutes that yeah. they lose from yeah. the game, and I don't know how much that affects their stamina. Uh, but I, I feel like it does. But Mike's right with the younger pitchers; it doesn't affect them at all. One of the things Bochi talked about, and we're hoping and thinking that we're going to have him on the show tomorrow, is 
is they've been really working on or talking about just developing it as an internal clock. You know, like we talk about all the time with quarterbacks, you might be counting in your head regardless of if you can feel the pressure or not when you need to get rid of the ball. That was one of the things he talked about is the catchers are hugely important in helping them develop that internal clock or internal feel for where the clock is, especially with runners on scoring or on base. Isn't that the the feeling we had with Ivaldi was like he works fast uh, and and like he he's not overdoing it with his speed of, of working, but he worked fast and didn't give really the 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 batter a lot of time to collect or try and get an advantage or overthink it. He just got up there and he was like, "I'm going to work fast and get out of this inning." And then you just heard Josh Young like. That was demoralizing when he would get into one of those moments and then all of a sudden, bam, he's out of it just like that. And they're like, dang, we can't do anything against this guy. But he, he works that way. And a lot, of, a lot of pitchers, I think a lot of pitching coaches, want guys to kind of work fast like that too. Uh, and, and that was, I guess, just being taught by former major leaguers, whether it was my father, who obviously had the biggest impact on me, but he was able to call up his teammate Fergie Jenkins and ask about how to teach a changeup, you know, and because my father didn't throw one. He was a, he was a forkball guy. So it's like, hey, obviously, Fergie, you had a great changeup. What would how should I teach my son how to throw a changeup? And so that's how I learned my changeup is my father calling up Fergie Jenkins and then my dad kind of working through what Fergie would say and helping me. And my changeup was the pitch that got me to the major leagues. And so. But through that, they would always say, work fast. Your defense wants you to work fast. They want the ball in play. They want to be part of the action. Not saying don't go for strikeouts. That's but what Bouchelle told us at the beginning of the year, too, is like, that's what I need. I need that kind of thing yeah. to go. It helps me out a lot. So it's just, I think, back to, in a way, it's just back to old school. The issue, what, the thing that I've kind of said about the pitch clock is, the game used to be played that way. Sure. When we watched the game in the 80s, the game was played for the most part. Almost every pitcher had a good pace. Yeah. In the 70s, you know, the games were at times an hour and 45 to two hours and 20 minutes. Well, how did that happen? Well, the pitchers were getting back on the mound and they were pitching the ball. The hitters were more contact hitters, so the ball was in play more. And so we're trying to get that that balance of, yes, there is more power now. There is more, hey, drawing walks. Nobody cared about on-base percentage right. back then. We it was batting even, average. Yeah, yeah, it was just about batting average, and we didn't care too much about OPS, but that's become a really big number in the game. So it's kind of that balance of, yes, people are trying to draw walks, you know, which maybe they weren't trying to do 30, 40 years ago. But at the same time, we want the ball, uh, you know, the action of the pitcher pitching more. Do you think, Kevin, that this is – they'll be like, okay, we found it. Or do you think they're going to keep tinkering with this thing and we'll never really have a, a full? Well, I was going to say, I have responses from two Rangers pitchers that already make it sound like, hey, I don't love this tweak that they've already made. But I also kind of wonder if that seemed to be the prevailing sentiment going into spring training last year as people didn't like it. And then the, we got into it and you turned out it wasn't really that big of a deal. I'm not saying it never had an impact, but it wasn't really that big of a deal. And baseball didn't have anarchy I don't know why I said it like that. Anarchy, Anarchy, like a lot of people thought. I do think the clock is about as low as it can go. Maybe you can take one more second off if nobody is on base. Like you can go down to 14. Yeah, you can lower that, that one. But I do think and we're we're at the point where I don't think you can make the clock any faster than, than what it is. Well, and I think Ivaldi and Heaney are with you on that. Ivaldi said 
I felt rushed with the pitch clock. I think he got to get used to it. I know it's even faster now. It At times, it felt like I had to deliver the pitch before the time's up. I just have to start my motion. So what he was saying is he was thinking I had to get the ball to the plate yeah. before the clock was up as opposed to you just have to begin your pitching motion. And so that right there. So it's not like hockey an, where the puck has to cross the line before. Yeah, <laughs> and so right that right there, it could be another second, yeah. maybe second and a half, something well, like that. It'll be interesting. That was the first time also for stolen bases. Stolen bases went way up from where we were at, except for the Rangers, right? Bochi, yep. as it looks like a philosophy of, look, we're not going to run that much. We'll see if that philosophy carries over in year two. But last year, I believe Bobby Witt Jr., who's you know here, had 59 bags. Uh, you had Acuna, who had 73 bags. That was the first year they got to deal with the bases being, you know, I don't know how much this matters, but a hair bigger Wider, where it's an yeah. inch and a half to two inches closer. And then you have the pitcher who has to deliver the ball quicker and can only pick over twice during an at-bat. So can guy can, can there be a guy this year? I think this is too big of a jump. Can there be a guy get to 100 bags? Vince Coleman style. Yeah, yeah. like, I mean, it used to be Henderson and, and Vince Coleman when we were kids would get to yeah. 100 bags. Are we... How fast can we get to these premium base stealers getting to possibly stealing 100 bases in a season? And then would they say, all right, that's too much. Like maybe maybe we've given yeah. the advantage too much to the runner that, that the premium guys are now stealing 70 to 100 bags. Or is that like, yes, we did it. That's what we wanted. I don't know what the goal is. Well, we only have till 29 with uh, with the current commissioner, so that's with Manfred. Uh, by <laughs> the way, true. from the uh, from the 214, Mike, love the shirt from the guys in the parking lot yesterday. So oh, we met up. We, met, nice. we were walking out to the car yesterday in the parking lot, and there were some Tolos out there just tailgating uh, a Royals game. Uh, they yes. were tailgating the Royals game. Actually, they were tailgating as they they had been over and checking out the B games. Uh, where Mike was, and they were, and that was pretty awesome. You can see the video on Instagram uh, and Twitter at uh, 105.3 The Fan, where uh, we walked up on them crocodile hunter style and got to know. And then Mike, four great guys. Mike shared something. Oh, very the hustle special. you see from Mike. You got to check this video is out. Impressive. Yeah, it's so pretty don't cool. say what I did. Or I don't do know. You can say it. Go ahead, was, Mike. Well, I brought a few Evan Carter rookie cards that have just come out. Over the last month, Tops came out with their 2024 first series, and I bought some Evan Carter just base rookie cards. They didn't cost me much, about $3 a card. And I was like, well, I'm going to bring three of them with me and give them away. So we're just talking to these four guys, and they named who their favorite current player was. Yes. I believe three of them said Seeger. Am I correct? I think, and I thought one of them might have been Simeon, but My, yeah. And then the last guy was like, well, right now, man, Evan Carter. And I was like, sprint. Go. I went to my bag, <laughs> got an Evan Carter rookie card, and I said, man, here's an Evan Carter rookie card. Maybe you'll be lucky enough on the backfields to get Evan Carter to sign this for you. But, yeah, so I got two more Evan Carter rookie cards to give away while I'm here. All right. That is an excellent job that you're doing right there. I wanted to throw this out there. This might be a longer form topic another day, or maybe we need another year of info. But like Rich Hill and Zach Eflin, for example, said they believe that the pitching clock contributed to their injury. Mm -hmm. But if you look back, the number of injured list assignments for pitchers was 417 in 2022. This last year is 405. So it did actually take a slight dip 
despite the – I know we talked about Der- with Derek, yep. uh, Derek Holland about this quite a bit, that he thinks that will see a massive increase in pitching injuries. You're going to have to give it at least two more years, yeah. like you said. Like, okay, so that was year one, now year two, year three. If, if for some reason there's already tons of Tommy John injuries before, but if somehow it goes up by 33%, uh, let's say, I think that would be a big enough number that teams would for say sure. – we're paying so much money to these guys, and we're having now even more Tommy John injuries. And the only thing we can think of that is causing this is we're making the pitcher pitch at such a fast pace that it's hurting their arm. And so if you get to that point, then you might have to add two more seconds on the clock for nobody on base and then another five more seconds on the clock for runners on base to try to get the injuries down. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're live from Surprise Stadium in Arizona for Texas Rangers Spring Training. Brought to you by Sonic. Mm. Coming up next, we will chit-chat with those fellas from the G-Bang Nation right here on 105 Through the Fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Thank you very much to Sonic and also the on-time experts, Best Buy Windows and Siding. Thank you to y'all for sponsoring this trip, for making it happen. And thank you to keeping tops in business, Mike Bassick, who will continue <laughs> to invest in Evan Carter cards, I believe. How can I stop after seeing him go deep yesterday in a That was the worst thing that could happen to your credit card John bill. Gray. I was like, well, this kid's going to hit 40. People just don't know yet. He's going to be a 40-40 guy. He's going to join the 40-40 wow. club at 21 years old. Well, Racuna's now reset the bar for forty seventy, so well, that's what I need to be impressed. Acuna's twenty five years old. Acuna. Oh, I was oh, like, Racuna would be cool. Wrong. I was like, yeah. that's actually not bad. Right, right now, courtesy of DNM leasing, it's time for our chit chat with those fellas from the G Bang Nation, gentlemen. How is you today? Awesome, Hanky. How are you? I am doing excellent. We've had a lot of great Rangers content. What I want to know is, is because you guys get full advantage of this, is I know you're focused on the show and each other, but how cool is it, whether it's now the Royals, but the next two days, the Rangers having that game play out right in front of you? Oh, it's perfect. Uh, we, you know, just being able to do a show during a baseball game and tomorrow with the expected attendance close to 7,000, it's mm. going to be electric. Woo! Yeah. Because the Dodgers are coming to town. That'll be fun. And I know Shohei's playing today. He is. That game will be on MLB Network. I don't know if he's going. It's not a far travel but I assume he won't travel to play a road game tomorrow. But that would be awesome if we were here uh, and you guys were doing the show live and Shohei was here playing for the Dodgers. That would be exceptional. Yeah. That, that would be unbelievable. The Dodgers yeah. are a premium team nonetheless. But if you got the most premium player in the league yeah. as part of it, too. This the game should, should be on MLB Network. I yes. Mean, Yes. The Seeger storylines, the Otani, uh, you know, the new Japanese pitcher. I mean, just, this thing should be all over Sports Center tomorrow. So, you know, maybe if Otani's feeling good and, you know, he wants to get into an environment like this, I, I wouldn't want to miss this environment as a player tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you environment? Go ahead. Well, I was going to change the subject to Cowboys, but go ahead. If you're oh, I, I was going to ask about environment for tonight. Are you stoked about 
Mavs stars back to back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We got big plans to go get to a sports bar. Yeah, we were actually cool. talking about that. Nice. The sports bar. I guess it feels like there's only one. I just here. know that Booties has the NBA package. Oh, and Wild. so yes. that's where I know to go. What, what about Buffalo Wild Wings? Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, do they? I guess we'll call and see if they have the NBA package because it's not a nationally televised. Booties game. has been consistent over the over the years. They've never let us down. Uh, I think okay. when it comes to getting a game that we need on. But I just think surprise has been built up so much over the last five years. There might be options we're not even aware of okay. at this point. Okay. Yeah, it is nice. They, they, yeah. Like when we started coming out here, Mike was pointing that out. Out there, it was just desert. And now there, we have all yeah. sorts years of... ago was when I was with the Rangers. Yeah. And there was this, this stadium great. and the desert out here. <laughs> <laughs> and we, I stayed in Peoria. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, a few of the guys did stay in Surprise, but there wasn't much of an option out here. But now over 20 years, in a way, it's like, I know Frisco's been built up for more than 20 years, but sure. after you got past Plano, when we were growing up, it was just land. There wasn't even, 75 didn't go any further up. It just stopped right there. And yeah. now you have more and more cities going Maybe up Maybe Sherman existed. I, Nobody <laughs> knew. Nobody knew Gavin, for sure. What do you think? Five for 300, fully guaranteed with a 100% <sighs> no trade clause for Dak? Oh, whew, yeah. I guess that's going to be the ticket. No! You know? <laughs> That's depressing uh, because, I, I, you know, I, I, I'd be okay with that if Stephen Jones was like, yeah, and we're going all in to give him a team, you know, that's capable of, of uh, you know, playing at a championship level. But, but if you're going to play the salary cap tight and also do that, it's like I don't need to see anymore. I guess I'm just waiting for you to have the perfect draft and the perfect $12 million free agent class where you find like four starters for basically league minimum. I just think they're turning up the degree of difficulty on themselves a lot. To me, and look, the Cowboys are doing nothing different than the majority of teams in the NFL. They get a Dak Prescott, they get a Kirk Cousins, they get somebody like that and they say, well, they're good enough and they can probably make the playoffs on a consistent basis, so let's just pay them like they're Patrick Mahomes. But... It's, it's a proven fact. It's You either win with Russell Wilson on a rookie contract, but once you pay him top five market, he's not good enough. Nothing. Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. He's yeah. just not good enough to get paid as a top five quarterback and carry a team. And so the economy just, of it is broken. Like, yeah. it just yes, doesn't make sense to me. Like, I oh, I, you know, a, a cowboy fan would say, well, I think I think he would do what Jared Goff did and get to the well. Yeah, if if I put Dak at thirty million dollars and you give me an extra twenty five million dollars to spend on a team, I can do. He would do the same thing that Brock Purdy's doing. That's right. If if I take Dak down to one million dollars a year to quarterback the San Francisco 49ers, he can do it. But as soon as I put Dak on a fifty five million dollar contract in yeah. San Francisco, they can't have that team anymore. And that's the frustrating thing is I'm just like. We can all see it as facts. It doesn't have to be just Dak. There's about 10 quarterbacks that fit into Dak's program that's like, once you pay them that money, great for them. I'm not telling them to take a $20 million pay cut, but it's impossible to win at that salary structure with them. You know, it's impossible to win consistently. I would say the Rams with this F them picks motto. Like every three or four years, we're just going to be like, all right, guys, trade all the next year's picks and spend all the money. We're going to be way over the cap and miss the playoffs for two years digging out of this, but this is going to be our year. And the Buccaneers did it as well with Tom Brady. Like, whatever weakness we have, go get Ndamukong Su, go get Aqib Tlaib, go get the best players that are available at those positions because we're freaking going for it right now because we have a quarterback who's, who's ready to win. 
And I, I think that's the strategy. So pick one of those two. If the Joneses don't do it, guys, I'm going to be reserved to the fact that going to Oxnard, being 100% convinced they have no chance of winning the Super Bowl. And it's kind of a peaceful place to be, you and, know, not getting my hopes up so much and just <laughs> interacting with the players, enjoying the weather. I just don't I, – I hear you, and I know you're right. I just don't know if I can do that because Corey brought up, like, what's the regular season record they're going to have that you're like, we got it. I, it probably doesn't exist. Hell, even if they went 17-0, I'd feel like, okay. You know, it's, you know it's, it's for me, it's like, you know what? We got this engine, and every time this engine gets to the last lap, it fails on us. And you're like, okay, all right, we're doing okay. I mean, it's, maybe it's not the engine's fault. Let's keep replacing the tires. Get that engine again. <laughs> keep you. bringing that engine back. And that's where I, I've always been. A, 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 I've supported Dak for a long time. But the things I see when it comes to the, that last lap, I'm like, my, he falls apart, man. And I'm, I'm ready to make a new – because, again, if you do this, if you sign this contract, now you're just going to go, yeah, we're just going to keep replacing the tires. That's just all we can do. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think they should try to build the whole thing. Like, the, their inability to run the ball and stop the run, I don't think any teams are winning the Super Bowl doing that. So, mm-hmm. until that's fixed, I'm not, I don't think that Dak is the biggest problem or the biggest reason they did not win. And I'd like to see what Dak could do with a team that was capable of doing that. Would they beat the Chiefs? I don't think so. But, you know, I think they would at least get much further. If they go 17-0, then that would mean we don't get the, the Bills disaster, the San Francisco ass-kicking, the Arizona embarrassment. You <laughs> yeah. know, if you can get through the end of the season without having any of those games i guess i'll believe but this team stands up once a month and says hey this is who we really are don't trust us and then they win three or four meaningless games and we buy back in so i'm just saying anybody that wants to join me we're not we're not believing in, I think until Mike's seventeen right and zero happens, I'm a Mike's right there. yeah, Mike <laughs> okay. wants to be one of those charter members for sure. <laughs> yeah. What uh, what do you guys got coming up on the program today? Pure gold as always, Heggy. Yes. Thanks for asking. Uh, lots of thoughts on baseball and. Um, uh, and uh, Chiafalo has reports with two players. He's got interviews with two players at 6 o'clock. Josh Smith and Jankowski. That's right, Josh Smith and Janko. Oh, and fans. I see the beers are back. Oh, All right. Yeah, brought us Let's keep right the beer count going. All we are right. now up to eight. What will it finish at by the end of our run here at spring training? Roll home with the G-Bag Nation. 40. We have in the KNC Masterpiece. <laughs> Make your way back with us tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. right here on 105 Through the Fan. Say good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin. I've never seen a rubber that isn't just rubber and it's just normal flat. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.